Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today's show is all about work, uh, your first job, getting your first job, your work ethic, uh, and how you should approach your first job. Uh, me and Sam have literally just got our first dream jobs, our first big uh, design jobs uh, that we really, really are loving at the moment. Um, and when we wanted to give advice, we wanted to share our thoughts on how to get your first big job and, and all, all the things that come around it, how to deal with the nine to five life. So yeah, I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, please share it around on social media, um, give it a thumbs up, give it a subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment, uh, let me know your thoughts on the show, and I'll see you at the end of the show. How's it going? Yeah, it's going. We're good. Welcome well, to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's an honour. <laughs> Can you uh, start off with who you are and, and what, you, what do you do? Yeah, so my name's Sam, uh, Sam Peace. Um, I've recently uh, got a new job as a graphic designer. My, my title is graphic designer, but I'm pretty much a junior um, at the golf company Titleist. Um, yeah, they, the overlying company is a Kushnet um, Europe, but sitting underneath Kushnet is Titleist and Footjoy, two um, major players in the golfing industry. Um, and yeah, that's just pretty much me designing a lot of stuff for print and I dabble in digital here and there, less so, but still get a good kind of overview of, of all the aspects of the, of the design that happens at Titleist. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much me at the moment. Nice. Um, and also I met... Mark, um, for the first time at um, Creative Waffle Live, and that was the first time I've I've pretty met you. I've been following you for a little while, but yeah, that that was the first time we kind of came in contact. So. Yeah, yeah, back in November now. I was going to say, I was about to say as well that that feels like a while ago now. Lots, lots kind of That's... been happening, hasn't it, for both of us? So yeah. we've had conversations yeah. since, and. Um... So much stuff that's definitely helped me out uh so yeah this podcast is going to be more about how to get your first design job um how to, how to get your first big break which i feel like we've both done uh this, this year um and it's, and it's cool and it, yeah i don't know what else to say uh yeah no no definitely i mean um again on that i've this the job i've just joined like i've just got is my second job but um the whole point i first reached out to you um was just to ask for advice on how i could kind of move on and take that next step so effectively like you said it in terms of a big break or in terms of something that I actually wanted um especially in the sporting industry um that was definitely I'd say it's my first job in the sporting industry by far so um yeah that's definitely something that we can relate the same thing we can relate to um 100%. yeah uh, that's something that I'd say I say this is my first like real design job this is the first one that I felt okay this is the job I want to be doing um, yeah and, and we've talked about before uh, about how important it is to have your own like a proper job that you enjoy whether that be and something you're comfortable at as well like nine to five you, you can be comfortable in it and enjoy it at the same time whereas freelancing can always be a bit up and down as i found out in the past and now mm-hmm. that i'm in a full-time job it's like oh this is this is good i really i'm really and it's something yeah like we say something that you enjoy as well so when when did you know that you want to do something in sports and when did you know you want to do sports design okay so as a background as as a youngster you say as a, as a kid um I was just a sport through and through. Um, always liked drawing and doing stuff. I wasn't very good at it, really. Um, enjoyed our school in terms of GCSEs and things like that. But I was playing football um, with an academy at the time um, when I was between the ages of 12 and 17. Um, and then around my GCSE period, it was like a scholarship time, like when you're going up around into like the youth teams and stuff. And they basically turned around and said certain curricular subjects, like art, for example, that might take a bit more time. Um, out of your day and you might have to do extra for we don't recommend you take because it will be a detriment to your studies because you'll be playing football xyz at the time 
Um, but I said I still want it because obviously it doesn't work out. That's why I want to follow. So um, I was in school doing little bits and bobs like um, painting trainers. I think we've had this little a, a little conversation about it. I, we had some kind of trainers, anything that had white soles on a white part. So I'd, I'd custom hand paint one of ones and just argue that they were worth more just because they were one of ones type thing. So um, did little things on the side like that just for fun. Um, but then when um, football became a little bit more serious, everything was kind of pushed to the side. Um, that didn't work out and then luckily enough I found a workplace that wanted to take on an apprentice so um, knew a couple of people in the um, in the business and that's how it kind of started off there and then studied for a bit and that wasn't in the that wasn't the sporting industry though it was in the construction industry so it was completely different and then started to realize very quickly that design's a great industry to be in but only if you're doing the work that you want to do which I'm sure we both know about so absolutely so then mixing my love with football and sport in general from a very young age um with design was just the kind of ambition and I've I've started the road there from the start of this year so that's basically where it's come from um so yeah it's it's cool to, to realize that we've we sort of found <clears> it both at a young age and and a lot of kids these days and it's a bit like me my sister's age group we don't they don't know what they want to do. And even like you say, you started painting trainers in school and I was doing stuff in school as well. And if you can really harness that something, if you can really find something that um, you're passionate about and you're doing it in school, then you look back later on and realize, oh, actually that's, that's, that's where it all came from. That's like the root. Yeah. A million percent. Because when I'm painting trainers and things like that for fun, um, I had never opened Photoshop in my life. I didn't know necessarily that Photoshop existed. Like I'd obviously, hear about bits and bobs and like oh that was photoshopped or like but you don't really I didn't really know the meaning of what of, of that when I was like 14 15 16 years old um never even opened it in my life a couple of my friends dabbled with it because I think one of the biggest influences on me as well is like uh, some of the a lot of my friends group that are still friends with me now they've always done little projects on the side at school and things like that as well and they were very ambitious people so as soon as I obviously saw that football wasn't working out I never kind of was like oh like what am I going to do I was like, I can't let myself not have somewhere to go because it was just like, it was just the influence I had around me of very kind of driven people um, and some money motivated and some just for the love of what they were doing. And obviously for me, with the design part and the sports part, that's obviously what comes first to me um, because that's what keeps you going, doesn't it? In essence, really. I mean, it's nice to have the money, but then it, you take a pay, well, arguably, sometimes you, you might, uh, that might be a detriment if you're getting the right clients. Um, so that is definitely a big a big thing for me as well. But yeah, I didn't I didn't have any idea of what a graphic designer was, back to your point, um, at that time. And then like you say, now I'm a graphic designer, I look back and I was like, actually, yeah, there were signs of me wanting to do creative stuff from a young age, but you just didn't know at the time. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and, and that's a good point as well about having people around you that are ambitious. I mean, at school, if people are listening around this age, if, uh, at school age and sort of when you're in college and getting to your formative years when you're sort of developing idea of where you want to go um you look you look at it and think that's, that's such an important age of having good people around you like I, i've seen yeah. this if, if you just look back and realize there's groups of people at school or there's in your year group there will be people that you know more addicted to drugs or more uh yeah. smokers or, or, or like playing computer into, games yeah things like, like or, but like i mean like through the night constantly yeah. doing things like that do you know what i mean like never off it and missing days of school when FIFA released and things like that. I had mates like that back in the day and things like that. So Yeah. Yeah. And then there'll be other people that you know, are more ambitious and are pushing themselves a bit more. And I mean, that's seems to be the, the route by 
where you, people need to, well, they seem to be the people that you want to sort of be next to and want to be uh, mm-hmm. hanging around with because it's a good influence. And then, I mean, I don't know about you, do you have you kept many friends from school? Um, where I'm based, so I didn't actually say that when, when we when we started the podcast because uh, we're similar in that sense as well are we that we're not in in a city mm. um we're more kind of i'm kind of rural town just outside uh, cambridge so cambridgeshire bedfordshire border um so I'm about half an hour from cambridge um it's a big town but small enough to know everybody right. so where so where i am now um if you didn't go to university for example everyone will still be here um so a few of my friends who didn't go to uni yeah they are here um, and we're quite lucky. Our groups tend to stay together um, because a lot of our friends group went to the same university in Sheffield. So our, we have kind of a split. There's some of our friends in Sheffield and some of our friends back back here at home. Um, but our, luckily, since about uh, 15, 16, we've been quite tightly knit. There, there was a, a period at school between, what was it, 12 and 14, maybe, where there was a bigger friends group. And then we kind of started. When, when you pitch GCSE subjects, that's when it kind of like kind of veered off and you have your own groups yeah, um, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know if you've had kind of friends from from a young age and they're still with you now yeah I mean uh to be honest most of them are just gone on to do their own stuff and I've just gone on to do my own stuff I didn't go to university yeah. so it didn't um okay. it, it sort of that's where the point where it sort of flattered out a bit and and college as well I sort of realized that you know, I wanted to go down the design route and not many of my other friends wanted to do design and, and creative stuff so okay. um they're more sports people so yeah they went over there and i went this way and yeah i've only really got sort of one good friend really from from school uh left oh, okay. uh, that i go to the football with but yeah okay. i mean that's fine i mean <laughs> you, yeah, you, know, yeah. you get that with uh he says to him, so i'm trying to justify it to myself he's just fine i've got a friend <laughs> no, <laughs> that's right that's right some people who that's a big thing in our group as well we respect that people are going away to get degrees and things like that um it's nothing personal is it like you yeah. need to go and do your thing. You need to go and you need to go and chase. That's and that's what I mean. That hot, links back to this whole conversation about the group that you're with. If they mm. really are there to to be driven and to support you as well, they're gonna back whatever you're doing to go and get what you need. So you you going to potentially down to travel to your new job. That's gonna take a lot of time out of your day. You're working full time. You may you may not be as free. But when we get that chance to catch up, we'll we'll catch up. Do you know what I mean? Like my friends are two and a half hours away in Sheffield but yeah, yeah. That, that, that's just how it is because he's my friend in particular he's getting a degree and I'm here trying to earn money and get clients or or get a job or whatever it is so they're they're the right kind of people you want to be around rather than the ones that complain as to why you're so busy with what you're doing so 100% yeah and, and obviously work brings your, your own friends as well like if, if you know you sit next to someone at work for, for you know, seven hours a day eight hours a day you're going to become friends with them uh probably naturally um, and if they're a similar interest to you that's perfect and you know if you've got your work friends then but just so we have it on like a time scale we're going to go from school and what we've done that sort of thing now and then we're going to go up okay. to uh, getting the job and what we did sort of in this podcast so that'll be the time yeah. around the podcast so um yeah uh that yeah if, if anyone's listening around this age get get some get some good free people around you i mean yeah. even for me it's like online people like listening to to people online uh, potentially not they're not really mentors but people that have a good influence in your life and can shape your your mindset around things um i mean definitely i know people gary v is it tends to be a bit mm-hmm. of a controversial one but i mean for me yeah it, it helped me a lot um at a young age sort of on that work ethic and i'm really pushing that in into my mind um 
then yeah, you've got Jocko Willink, you've got uh, Joe Rogan, you've got those sort of people, Jordan yes. Peterson as well. All those people that you, you you can see the videos of and you can um, be inspired by, I guess. Is there any people like that for you that you watched at sort of a younger age? Um, in terms of in terms of design, I'm quite new to the community in the sense of again. I didn't know, I hadn't really accessed Photoshop, for example, until I was 17 or whatever it was. Um, but then ever since I realized there's a real good online community, that's one thing I have noticed about this job as well, is that, um, especially me personally, whenever I wanted to reach out to a fellow designer or someone that I kind of um, admire their work or something like that, mm. I've never had a bad response, firstly. That's one thing I will say. So again, that's another thing. If, if you're that kind of age and you're listening to this, and you see somebody doing good things and you're polite and you're nice enough, they're always going to support you and try and respond um, to their direct messages and things like that. So don't be afraid to do that. I think that was a big thing for me, like I say, not necessarily someone I followed, but whenever I'd see some sort of work or um, I'd see a podcast, for example, on what uh, on a certain subject and I, and I wanted to find out more, and I just wanted to message someone, I've always had a really good kind of response from that. Like a good example of that is me seeing you talk on the podcast and then I went to create went to the live show and then I, like you were it was a bit manic wasn't it at the end and I just kind of walked up and said look I've traveled down to London and I just wanted to ask you this that's all and then you said look we'll go on a call and then that, that kind of went from there so yeah. if you have your best intentions and you want to you want to speak to somebody in the community then go for it um that's a good the other day that. yeah the other, the other day I was speaking to my colleague at work about it is it Casey Neistat yeah, Casey Neistat. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were, so we were having, we we were sending each other little videos and like, oh yeah, I like this, I like this vlog, I like this vlog, and then we were just like looking through the stuff that he says. He he has a lot of good, a lot of good advice. Um, I see bits and bobs on LinkedIn, Stephen Bartlett, Gary V, people like that. Mm. Um, there's not anybody who springs to mind immediately that I watch videos of, but um, just anything I can kind of I can take in from the community. And there's a lot of people that keep popping up on my design in the design community like yourself and um there's some odd people like there's a guy in based in wales as well called jay llewellyn do you, do you reckon that, that name? name yeah yeah that name. but his his work's great and I, i'm a liberal support myself so i see a lot of his content is, is I, I know who you are yeah yeah so i'm just um so there's there's little things like that i'm sure I'm, it's not on the top of my head now we're, we're on the podcast but i'll have to have a think about that one um but are there any people in terms of design community that you yeah. that you like the work of because i know you're more into illustration i mean yeah i mean I've, I've made a bit of a shift from from logo design um to, to illustration because when i was younger I, I really really wanted to go into logo design and that's how i ended up sort of focusing uh the podcast towards people that did that uh, at the start yeah. and then i interviewed aaron mm -hmm. traplin and, and had that how all that like but going so yeah it's in the community I, I agree with you just the podcast is a, is sort of a bigger spectrum of that where i've just reached out to all of these people and over 100 now and, and like just just contacts yeah. all of them and built up uh, this huge contact list or, or hours of talking to people about different subjects and just building up my own knowledge that way um yeah. and sharing it with everyone i guess uh Fantastic, yeah. so that's yeah that, that's sort of all the mentors i guess are the podcast guests in a way yeah. um, as well as all the people group. that exactly exactly yeah as well as all the people that i speak to on, a, on a, in the dms and by email to give advice and more specific yeah. things to different projects um so yeah, there's just there's tons of people. Yeah, um, yeah, tons of opportunity, isn't there? Even if you're if you're looking to get a job or freelance or anything like that, that was one thing I didn't say it, is that it might not be that you follow Gary V through and through and you love what he does, but it might be one thing that he says 
and you're like, oh yeah, like that's what I've been missing, or like that's might be, I'm going to try that and see what happens and then maybe something good happens it's like it's just taking your time to really listen if somebody if somebody is speaking about a certain subject that you are interested in and it might you might not take anything away from it except in the last five minutes of the podcast and you're like oh that's what the whole message of what I've been waiting for do you know what I mean so um that's the thing for me I, I try and keep a I try and keep a range of of people kind of on my radar across social media because social media is very strong like it could take me like 15 minutes of my lunch break just have a quick flick through twitter and there'll be one video and I'll see it and I'll be like, that's what I'm taking away from today or like to take into my next piece or my personal, my personal work or whatever it is. Um, yeah, because you don't want to get too funneled into one person, one way of thinking or one person's kind of outlook. Um, so I try, I try and keep it kind of varied. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's because that's, yeah. that's something I probably did a bit too much with Gary Vee and just sort of got too much into that, into him a little bit. And then it got so funneled where eventually it sort of exploded and went back out again, which is cool. <laughs> right. In what, in what sense? So what, so when, when it was funneled and yeah. at a, really, a really kind of tunnel vision point, what was the, what were your thoughts? What was the, what was the outlook that you had on in general kind of thing? Like, I mean, it could before, have been before it exploded. Like, yeah. it, you know what I mean, like, so what, what you're at this point and then it was that point, what changed? What I mean, was, it really, I really just, it just got, it, 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 I guess the messages just just he was just repeating the same messages and I, I sort of heard it all before and then okay. uh, then it exploded and and sort of I, I got onto other people and started looking at other people as well um, but that's always okay. a, like you said a good a good tip of not just listening to one voice because yeah. uh, but but do listen like you need to be listening because it, it's great to hear certain messages and Gary Vee and it, he does say a lot of the same things but unless you listen carefully you don't hear the, the underlying things the, the actual better things because all yeah. the stuff he's repeating it that's the surface level stuff but the yeah. stuff that he actually is actually good good information is underneath and you miss, you miss it most of the time um that's a lot of people uh, a lot of people like even i don't know jordan peterson's been a huge one for me in the last couple of years um he's a <laughs> canadian professor um psychologist okay. yeah he's uh just just learning about human how the human brain works and Okay. so interesting and how um yeah. how i've changed my attitude and sort of what's the word um personality i guess yeah right I've okay, shifted yeah. It a little bit yeah. um in certain situations and being more kind and trying to be, have a bit more patience it's been it's been amazing just listening to him and hear his lectures but uh yeah that's anyway cool. <laughs> that, that comes into it when you're trying to get your first clients things like that the way you should approach people the way they're going to react yeah. and things like that so although it sounds like you're off on a tangent it does all kind of come back to the fact that you're trying to you're in this position where you you believe in yourself or you're trying to believe in yourself and you're trying to get a client or you're trying to get a job sometimes it's good to know those aspects as well because as well if you if you're in the position that we were in people can see that you're passionate about design and then they'll pick that up straight away. So that's not a problem. It's then how you interact with them. Mm. Um, and then, because with my job as well, um, they, didn't, they didn't disclose in the job ad how much experience you needed. It was, it was a, we're looking for a graphic designer for Titleist. Um, send your CV here. There was nothing. There was no, like, you need to know this, you need to do that. It was just left open completely. No junior, no senior, nothing. Um, so I was on borderline of not applying because I just assumed it was a, it was a senior role, and then that's where the belief thing came in for me, where I was like, "Well, is it pointless?" And I thought, "Well, a CV is a CV. I'll stab it and just just went for it." Um, and then the next thing was I got asked for an interview, and it all kind of went from there. One stage interview straight in, um, 
and I said to my boss, I was like, so it was only one stage. Previously, before that, I had a job interview and it was um, three stages. And I, he said, once you see someone's CV and you hear them talk, it's all about whether they're going to fit in your team. He was like, that was so, so for me, I'm in, I'm in that position where if you come across right, everything will take care of itself in that, in that aspect there. Um, I know it was slightly different for you. I don't know how much you can say about yours, but obviously for me, it all moved quite quickly and I was shocked. But then, then I look back on it, like you kind of reflect and you think it's the way, half it's the way you carry yourself. Mm. And then as long as you have that right working mentality, you'll get to where they want you to be anyway. No, I think that's right. Uh, I think it was, it was fairly similar for me, apart from it took a little bit longer, but uh, yeah, this with the, um, the attitude towards it is it's, it's so important and coming across like a nice person or, or coming across like you're interested and actually care about the job. And yeah, you're engaging with it, yeah. 100%. Yeah, and, and that's that's what we're both passionate about. We're both passionate about sports design. They clearly picked up on it in both of our interviews and this is why we have jobs. So let's, yeah. let's talk about uh, how, how you built yourself up to this job. So where, okay. so from college, school, uh, you okay, know, so what happened? So um, I was playing... Um, I was just called it semi-pro football because I was a youth player. So then at the end of the two years with that contract, it was either yes or no. You got you're staying or you're not. It was a no. And then realistically, I came out with just GCSEs because we did we did do kind of studying on the side, but it was like a sports B tech and things like that, which is what you'd expect kind of somebody who was playing full time sport to go down like a room of PT or like go to uni as a sports science or physiotherapy yeah. or whatever. And obviously I wanted to be creative, so that kind of wasn't useful to me. Um and again, it's that same same thing that I keep mentioning is that the self-belief in me was like, right, I've got nothing behind me on my CV. So what what is the next step for me? Um, tried to apply for a few jobs. Some of them didn't hear back from. And then I was going to join college just to get um, kind of an art, um, some sort of art degree or some kind of um, thing on paper for me to get into the door. Um, and then last minute, like I know somebody who was looking for a junior graphic designer and I just said, oh, well, an apprentice. And I just said, give me a, an interview I don't want to walk in I don't want I don't want to waste your time I'll do what I can to get to get into this job um went in and then my boss my ex-boss who interviewed me just said it's it's clear that you don't have the experience but again we want we know you're going to work hard and that's what an apprentice is all about so we'll see how you get on so luckily again it was about who I knew admittedly because otherwise I would never come across a job um so got in the door there studied i was on a digital marketing apprenticeship so i didn't actually do anything design based but i learned in-house from a senior designer and he he has a lot of good experience and and he was great um helped me do a lot um and then also got kind of the marketing side of things so when you're working in a wider team understanding why you're designing and what you're designing um to help the output of the business that was that was a big learning curve for me because again when you're at home doing your personal bits you're just doing it because you enjoy it and you're passionate about what you're doing like sport for example but there's no um there's no meaning there's no there's no thought behind why i'm posting this and why it will be engaging because you need the metrics as a marketing department to perform so it was, it was things like that where i was picking up invaluable stuff from doing that apprenticeship um and then at the time i might have been a bit tunnel visioned because i was like why am i doing this i just want to be a designer and then i then realized again coming out the back of it i've now gone to get this job and that's all on my cv now so i have all the i have all the understanding of the wider marketing and brand um, experience too which is great um so yeah i was there for two and a half years i think it was um and it was funny again it's about what you know and who you know but my girlfriend 
um, has a work colleague who saw the job ad for Titleist, sent it to my girlfriend. My girlfriend sent it to me and she said, go on. I said, no, it's, it's a senior design job. And she said, oh, go, go on, just, just do it. And then it went from there, as I, as I said earlier. So that's how I managed to, to get the job that I'm in now. And that's why I'm so kind of grateful for it, in a sense. Just, just yeah, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how quickly things move. I mean, yeah, yeah so that was just me going from zero to 100 pretty quickly. But it's all about, it's all about, I've never been schooled in uni. I've never been schooled in college. Mm. It's just working hard and learning from people around you. That's, that's the biggest thing for me. That's been the biggest influence, people around me. Um, managed that's, to surround with good people yeah that's something that i can see with you is you know people that you have as you have a um I don't know, way of attracting things so like so when yeah. people, people want to put you forward for things people want to give you this opportunity sort of thing so if you don't have that in life how, how do you get around how do you get that how, if you don't know anyone that's you know knows someone else about another job how do you build this sort of this way very, of very good question i mean that was me um before i got my first job as an apprentice um because you're like i have no idea how how i'm gonna kind of get my foot in the door i have no i have no foundation i have no basis of even getting a job or anything and I, at the time i was thinking can i even get into college with the mm. with like the the grades i've actually got from school like, do, do i even permit or do i have to go and do extra study and stuff so um for people who are feeling like that i just think one thing now for me is that I never realised because I'm quite new to the design community is the power of social media in terms of your own work too. Um, it might be a friend of a friend and it's like I've started up a design related Instagram only very recently so it's not <laughs> blown up or anything ridiculous but it, it was like I asked my friends to share it and then a friend of a friend followed and the friend of a friend followed or whatever it was and then tagged me in a post where their cousin was like, oh, I need a logo. And then suddenly it's just like, I, I did nothing. Mm. I just asked my friend to share it and things like that is that now there's so many public platforms for you to show what you're capable of doing. I think for me, one thing I didn't know about when I was that age was the power of social media and, and just being confident enough to go and to go and put your work out there. And it's not about the, the vanity metrics at the start. If, you, if only your friends are liking it, it doesn't matter because it's still there it's a portfolio. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it sets you up a foundation, which is something I never had. Um, yeah. uh, I think that's off the top of my head. What, if I could go back and do one thing, that would be start my social media two and a half years ago, a hundred percent, because it just like, without having to put portfolio together, without having to put a CV together, if somebody said, Oh, we've got an opportunity. It's like, look, I can come in. This is what I do. And it's straight away there link and bang, they can see all your work. Um, I don't, I don't know if you have any, if you have any thoughts on that, because obviously I'd, I'm not sure off the top of my head what I would have done if somebody came to me and, and said, and if they didn't say, oh, I've got this opportunity, I'm not sure what I would have done at that point, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, from, from my, hear, my hearing as well, it's, you've tried to this by being a nice guy to be around and having, having friends and having uh, people that want to support you as well. And, and like we said at the start, this is, this is important. You've got to have people around you that are willing to like you and willing yeah. to support you. Um, but yeah that's a huge huge thing for me as well uh have a body of work to show you if you, no one's going to know you're a designer if you don't have anything to show them 100%. um so see, as long as you've got that, that thing on instagram or you've got a little website set up then that's, that's your yeah. foundation like i say that's that's what you've got to show you if you keep it updated that's uh that's where you're going from yeah yeah 
That's that's a good point actually. I guess I don't I don't you don't see it so much because well for me I don't self reflect that much. But from what you say as well, it's your attitude. So it's like um, maybe the person I knew would have never said, "Oh, we've got an apprenticeship going." If they thought I was if I wouldn't have fulfilled the role, maybe that's true. Maybe maybe that is a good thing. So maybe if your outlook is is hardworking and kind, you can see because to be fair, that that person is um, my mate's dad. So again, I've been around him from, I don't know, eight years old or something like that. But maybe just the way I would carry myself at some point, saw him and made him think, do you know what, he'd, he'd swim in this environment rather than sink. Maybe, maybe that's, what he, that's what he saw and that could be carried into work life. Because again, at that point, I hadn't had a job. So I wasn't doing like, um, like being a bartender. I wasn't doing like, I wasn't stacking shelves or anything like that. So I'd never had an experience of working at shift work or nine to five or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it was actually quite a gamble uh, looking back on it from, from my, my mate's dad, from, from my friend. So yeah, maybe it's just an attitude thing, first and foremost. And the f- that's one thing best bit of advice as well that I could give somebody who's young is first impressions go a long long way um I've I've been told this by many people it's somebody's come in new to a business and they've said this that this that I've got this on my CV I've done this I've done that and they've carried themselves with extreme confidence and everyone's gone oh he's great at his job he is and then about a year later he goes because he's not he or she goes because they've not been performing um and everyone looks back and goes oh we're actually doing fine without them but it's just the way they carried themselves, got them in the door for so long. Um, their first impression was so good and that it, it took them a long way. Um, so I think that's one thing for me as well. When you get that opportunity, when you do get your foot in the door, um, that's, a, that's a big thing for me. Definitely the first impression, the way you carry yourself and things like that. I think that's, yeah, that's in, that's in going for deeper and philosoph- philosoph- philosophical, <laughs> if I can say it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, just in life, you've got to yeah, carry yourself in the right way and, and that will open opportunities that... People say that you know opportunities come to you, but that's how you sort of attract it. That's how, 100%. I think that's how these things happen. Is um, people see that you're willing and fit for the job mm. and and want the opportunity, and then they give it to you. Mm. Um, can I um, can I ask you how early on when you were kind of freelancing or doing bits on the side, how did you acquire your kind of first your first class or your first work, your first yeah. bits of work? Yeah, I, I think I just reached out to. Uh, so I worked for the first couple of things I can think of was a cricket bat company, uh, which I reached out to and started making sticker designs for them, like on, on the front of the bats uh, nice. and equipment design. Yeah. That's the first thing I sort of thought of at the time I was really into it. And like we've discussed, I just really focused on doing something that I love. Um, mm. That was really mixing the two passions and still sort of doing that sort of stuff. Um, not cricket bat companies anymore, but mm. yeah, yeah. It, yeah, you just sort of reach out to people and then they see that you're willing to do it and, and maybe they take advantage of you because it's your first job. Uh, but yeah, you get you get your foot in the door that way as well. You, you just sort of, you want to do things and then people see you want to do things. and um, Yeah, yeah more, one, once you've done one thing, then it leads to another and yeah, it, yes. does, it does sort Level. of just keep going. Yeah, definitely. That's and that's the nice thing as well. You, um, you you say you look back again you flex and say maybe they did manipulate a little bit that situation but then that's a one that's a learning curve and two by doing those things it's, it's what you always hear about oh should i do free work should i not no matter whether you decided to do free work or not that is work you can show somebody else mm. it's, it's still it's still something so then eventually someone will come along who is good and will treat treat the treat your services well um and you'll get a good client and then that's the basis of like you building 
whatever you want to build, you know, going towards your ambitions and things like that. Um, for me, when I was doing my first job, um, when I was, yeah, back in my previous job, um, I took on a little kind of project on the side because I was posting digital stuff that I was doing within my job on LinkedIn saying, oh, look, I've just done this work and just put it out there. Um, and then a chairman of a semi-pro football team, like an amateur football club, reached out to me on um, LinkedIn and said, oh, I'm on here for like my work purposes, but like my day job, but I also do this. And we don't have much of a budget, so I understand. Um, but like, I'd love if you could do some similar work for me and blah, blah, blah. So I said at the time, I've got no clients, never tried to reach out to anybody or anything like that on the side because I was just working full time and studying. But I said, great, yeah. I mean, because he was like, look, we'll be relaxed about it. Do all the work you can for me. Everything, I'll throw some things at you, but you can just take it on. I was like, okay. So I did that. And then from there, I then created a, like a portfolio piece on Behance or whatever it is. And then I was sitting in, I was sitting in my interview um, at the job I'm at now at Titleist. And then it was actually funny, my boss, who's my boss now, we get on really well, but he was in the interview room and he said, oh, so I've literally portfolio. I said, yeah. And he goes, talk me through this and spun his laptop round and my portfolio was on his screen. I was like, okay. It was nerve wracking thing. He just had all of his work on the screen. But then I, he went through that, the portfolio piece that I made for that, for that semi pro team. And he was like, I saw this and this is what I really like. Um, and I just thought, and when you think about it back then, you're like, he's he's reached out to me and said we don't really have a budget blah 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 but ultimately whatever i've done for him has got me in the door at this job um so like i say back to your point it may have been manipulated in the first place but it shows people your ability your willingness to do things and your passions and things like that so regardless of in my opinion regardless of what money's involved um unless if you're having to provide for people because that's a bit different but at my age and a younger age if you listen to it at a younger age um there's i don't think there's anything wrong, anything wrong with doing it as long as you're passionate about it and it's going to benefit you it's a two-way street then there's absolutely nothing wrong with it yeah i, I mean i agree with this and me and dan laden had a big conversation about doing free work so go and try that episode out and, and make your own minds up but uh i, I agree i think if, if it benefits you then you know you can you can do it depending on whatever you think um also the the we've both had jobs before this big job sort of thing yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and and they have helped me hugely and it sounds like they've helped you hugely as well with yeah, your progression and looking back on them and realizing what you do and don't like about those certain situations and yes. uh, how it's sort of shaped you as well how important is that how, how is it important is it to get jobs like that and jobs that will uh will, will give you a bit of a cv um, um very in my opinion um shaped me to be grateful of certain things going into this workplace because um i think for people who are listening and want to do um a nine to five and not freelance um sometimes it's very important to find yourself in the right environment because you can love the work you're doing but you you are we touched on it earlier the people that sit next to you your wider team and things like that if they aren't if, if you aren't enjoying spending your time with them um it can really take its toll. Not again, not saying that I, that has happened to me, but I know some people that has, it has happened to. Um, and that has been a reason why ultimately somebody has left. Some people I know have left a, a workplace. Um, so things like that, where if you experienced um, workplaces that aren't your ideal or don't have the best, uh, the best um, employee benefits, et cetera, et cetera, it makes you realize what you want. Um, 
yeah, like you say, it can kind of go into a freelancer's world as well as an aspect of you take on a client and it's not what you expect it to be, but then you then learn what you actually want. Um, and then you, you see those red flags when you're, when you're kind of building rapport with a client before you take work from them um, and you know what the worst things they can say are and the best things they can say are, for example. And um, I think they are very important. Um, yes, I, I, don't, I don't know if you've got anything to touch on in that sense, but I, I, think, that's, I think they are very important to, to shape um, the route that you're going to go through your career. Yeah, 100%. And, and it, it makes you realise what you don't want to do as well. Um, but the, the gratitude thing is a good point. It's, it's, you, you, I've realised going into this job is that you, you uh, yeah, you're more grateful for, for certain things and, and having these different situations. Um, like, like the better people sitting next to you or like uh, not worrying. So basically, in, my old, in old jobs, I've worried, I've sat down and it's been a really long day sort of thing. And this yeah. day just goes really quickly. Now I'm, now I'm in a job I yeah. like and it feels feels like I'm, I'm happy to be there. Um, yeah. I'm sort of, it's just it's just a bit of a pleasure sort of thing. I feel like everything's great. Everything's smooth. Even if I've come up with something that I'm struggling with, I'm, um, I can't do it in that moment. And at the new job is I've got someone next to me that can and sitting next to, sitting next to a senior designer has helped obviously as well. Um, yeah. And, and, it just just being around certain uh, i don't really know where i'm going with this but being around great people <laughs> as well as, as no. coming, coming back to that being around great people in this new job but um no i, I think you're right that's, <laughs> right. that's, that's right i think i'll i'll build on it in the sense of um coming to work and it flying and and like you the way you described it as a pleasure and things like that sometimes when you're in a certain job you hear people describe it as like I've got work and it's like I can't you they literally live for the weekend I know a lot of people who live for the weekend because it's almost as if it's like a it's a real chore to go to work nine to five um and sometimes I agree in previous jobs I've had I felt like I felt like that in the sense of not dreading to go to work but it's like oh you know it's gonna be a long day I know I've got workload that's gonna be crazy but I went um I was away from the office for a week or so um a couple of weeks ago and I'm still finding my feet a little bit because I've only been in the position two three months <clears throat> but then I came back to work we sat down in a meeting and three people said right I need to work with you on this and then my, my list tripled as soon as I sat down and then I just thought came out of the office but I was like I'm not worried like it's going to be like it's great like I've, I've got through and like you say I've sit so left and right people that sit next to me they'll always help me out um and although I have a big list I never feel any pressure um to do anything um to do anything um in that moment like you say if i can't do it right let's look at what's next move on to the next job maybe i can go back and it'll click in my head right whereas in previous jobs i've, I've looked at a job and I'm like oh that needs to be done that needs to be done I spend more time worrying about it than actually getting on with it um that's come from having these jobs we don't like as well i think that's exactly, yes, you know that's it exactly for me. Yeah, yeah. that's it's, it's come from yeah a situation where you haven't you've been in these jobs that you don't really like and you're struggling to get through the day and now you're finding yourself in something you like and something you like enjoy doing and it really does mm. even the challenges feel good to you um which is, yeah, which is exactly fun. That's it. yeah that's it. And so I, I agree i think if, if you're looking at your first design job um just get into a place just get into yes. anywhere you can get some experience um don't obviously don't if they if they come across as a massive arsehole don't work for them mm -hmm. but yeah. I mean, if, if if you've got a nice local studio that you, you're happy to work at for a bit and, and you like their work and, and they come across as nice people and accommodating and everything, then go and work there for a bit. I think it's, it's, it can be only good experience um, yes. to put up your name. And then 
maybe a couple of years down the line, if, if you're ready for this bigger dream job that we've both got now, then I go for it. And, and you can go for it. Because if I, I think if I went for this job now, and I'm, I wouldn't have got it, but if I had got it, if back it back, um, if I went for this job yeah. back then, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and I got it, I wouldn't be as grateful for the situation because I hadn't done all the, the stuff wow. I didn't want to do. 100%. And it's a huge importance in doing that. And, that order. and like I say, when somebody's looking to get into a workplace for the first time or whatever it is, and then you turn up, um, you get over what I'd call the honeymoon period of like everything's just a rush because you're trying to settle in. And then you kind of realise, oh, this isn't this isn't what I thought it was. Um, a lot of people have felt like that. Um, and a lot of people have still got through it, done work, built their CV or, or um, you know, got that experience they need. Like you say, like I, I know from chats that we've had that you've done certain internships and things like that where maybe well I don't I'm not going to speak on behalf of you yeah, but you've yeah. done internships and even though they're not paid or you're not you're not it's not glamorous yeah um that it's still something on your cv it's still again you've learned maybe that's not what I want to do or that is what I want to do and then you've taken something from it like you need to remember that as soon as something goes bad or you're not you're not feeling positive about your workplace it doesn't mean you just got to cut it there um just be patient. I think that's one of the biggest things as well. You, as a designer, like I work on something, it goes all the way from from work life to my personal stuff. Like if I work on something for one evening and it's not done, sometimes I'm like, oh, just, like, I don't even want to do this anymore. And then I just go to bed and get angry about it. And it's similar with work. It's like, oh, I've come in five days this week and I've not felt good five days this week. But if you keep having those true intentions, you keep giving off the positive like vibe that we were talking about earlier on and like the way you carry yourself and things like that eventually things will come out on top of you that I, I truly believe that as well um if if some if there's a bit of setback in your workplace and it's not what you thought it was going to be um really have a good go at it before it's time to move on or whatever it is i think as well it will teach you a lot and that's a testament to both of us i think because obviously we can say that we, we've yeah. been in those positions and it's been a bit like oh, do i really want to keep doing this and we've sticked it out and now we're here i'm happy i've done that straight away that'd be the first thing i'd say i'm happy i've gone through well gone through type thing so yeah absolutely definitely absolutely get a job uh, for people yeah. listening uh, doesn't have to be an amazing one but it's definitely a learning experience and like we talked about i think we've just said it just before the podcast but um sitting next to a, a, a more experienced designer every day yeah. is huge it's it's it didn't realize how what i was missing really um was it when i was yeah. freelance i didn't realize what i was missing what i was missing having someone next to you that can look at your work and say all right move this there do this do that change the color mm -hmm. um and in a, in a constructive way, it's, it's huge yeah. and it's, it's made my work so much better. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what, what is it that you get out of, you get out of that? So is it, do you kind of ask him to check your work or does he kind of, kind of keep, not, I don't want to use the word micromanage, but does he have a look over the things that you're doing? And he's like, I really like that, but, or does he never kind of say anything unless if you ask, like what, what's kind of set up in your office? Is it very like we bounce everything off each other or is it very dynamic or is it, we get on with our own work? Yeah, uh, I've had two situations. So when I did the uh, six sort of six month internship, um, it was very much I, I asked the guy next to me and oh, what, yeah, what uh, what do you think of this? And and they gave me a lot of good advice, and um, that's that's important. And then the, now it's sort of yeah, we share everything. We sort of work as more as a team, um, and okay. and and yeah, just go back and forth with each other. Um, I don't tend to look at his work because yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it tends yeah. to be. Um, I don't give feedback on his work because he tends to sort of yeah. he's a senior designer, yeah. so he's probably right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah but yeah, I, he definitely checks my work a lot, um, and that's that's why I like it because it's it's only going to improve it. Um, 
I think that's for a young designer, a junior designer in the first position. This is this is incredibly important to have um, someone yeah. next to you and guiding you through it. Yes, definitely. Um, in my so uh, I'm similar. I've had two situations, and neither of them are good nor bad. They're just different styles. But in my first job when I was an apprentice, um, it was just myself and a senior designer in a in a marketing department of about four people in the end so we had kind of one who dealt with digital one who was kind of managing the whole team so he had to have his hand in pretty much everything um and then there was a senior designer and junior designer so i was obviously working as a junior designer and um again like i said it's not a wrong way of doing it but i'd create something and we'd have a bit more freedom say with the brand to do something a bit different um i'd put my stamp on it or what i thought looked good and then i'd say oh here you go what do you think to the the scene designer and he'd say i'll just change change that which aligned more with the brand but he'd been he'd manipulated the brand through how many years so indirectly it was basically like this is more my style so you should do it this way um whereas now which is slightly different um although i'm still technically in a junior role where things have to be signed off etc etc um it's more like the person so uh, for example a product marketer wants wants some um print work doing um, he goes to my boss and says, I want this doing. My boss just goes to talk to him. He doesn't want to see it. So he gives me the freedom to, to do that. There's no right or wrong way, but it's completely different now because then I interpret his, his kind of brief completely to my, to my kind of preference or to, to what I think is right. Um, so they're, they're two slightly different things and I can bounce off other people and they give their opinion, but ultimately I can listen to them or not. Whereas if I was say in the first job, he, somebody gave me feedback and I didn't action it, it would be like, you haven't done that yet, so it's not signed off. So it was like, it was like a, they're two different ways. One's more kind of management and one's more su- like, support is not the right word because it sounds like it's more positive, but one's just more opinion-based and one's more manage- management, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's what you mean, uh, yeah. But there's, but for me personally, the way I work, I like the second one just because there's a bit more freedom for me. Yeah. Um, and obviously people, but then good people, who want to get the best work out of, out of what they're doing will ask someone who is in their eyes and has a different style or has a different opinion. And obviously, like you say, when you ask a senior designer, you've seen his work, you know it's good, mm-hmm. and you know that you can trust that. It's not like asking your mum and dad, for example, who are creative. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, it looks lovely. Do you know what I mean? It's actually somebody who is seasoned and knows what they're doing. Um, but there's so, also, there's also not, not just the fact that it's design as well, there's also uh, someone that you can look up to for their attitude, their, their work ethic, yeah. and and... Uh, just how they carry themselves as well like we talked about earlier on how this how important this is how they carry themselves free life but it's um uh what am i saying yeah uh, looking next to the person sitting uh, sitting next to someone that's more experienced than you and a bit older than you and you get you get that life experience and from them as well they're not just all the stories they tell as well you're not you know we're not talking to yeah. them throughout the day so yeah it's, you know it's, it's not just the design work that you're getting from them um mm-hmm. which is Definitely. fun which is really Definitely. good like just a little example I as I mentioned to Mark before we started recording. So like the guy who sits next to me at work now did an internship not too long ago um at ITV, but he works on like digital marketing and different social media bits and bobs. But it, just things that he must have picked up there along with what he's doing now must be priceless. And like you again, you've got to appreciate it. Like like you say, it's not always design based. It's like I, I sit down, you try and you try and get to know everybody in your team. So I just kind of went off the also we, how long have you been working here for like what we doing beforehand and it's like understanding them as a person and like mm. you say it's like how they carry themselves too and um 
because if you never ask, you don't understand that he's got X, Y, Z experience or, or like you don't really know who, because then somebody could come to you and go, I don't like this, this is rubbish, but they don't have any experience in design, for example. And then it's like, well, do I really listen to that? Or like you say, it's, it's not, don't want to listen to one person. Um, you want to take on the right advice, bits and bobs from other people and different outlooks. And it's good to keep a variety of people around you, definitely. Um, yeah. I had, I had a... I heard a quote from the other day, um, and they said you should listen to everyone, but only take on you know, take on a certain percentage of the advice. So, like, listen, listen to everyone, take like understand everyone, but then take on the best bits. Yeah, that's quite good. I think that's good. That's very, very good. But very, no, very good. But also, I think Jordan Peterson says that like, assume that the person you're talking to has something that you don't know. That's a really good one that's as well. That's good. Yeah. assume you can learn from everybody that's that's a really good one isn't it because then you go in with you go you enter pretty much every conversation whether it be designed or not with an open mind don't you and then Absolutely. even though even though maybe at the start you didn't think much of this x person you actually come away with something um about about and it doesn't have to be designed does it that's that's a very underlying kind of fact and a kind of piece of advice for for people once you get into a job for example or if you have a freelance client who is trying to give you advice back it's always nice to know them as a person and what they've done um and and how much information is then up to you <laughs> kind of thing how much you take on is then up to you and up to your discretion and yeah it's your choice from there but it's always nice to like say create that kind of underlying report before you look at the design stuff as well yeah definitely. this this conversation has gone in a slightly different way than i thought it would so how much of getting your first design job or getting a design job that you love uh isn't about the design work how much of it is like non-design related Speaking for myself, I didn't have a portfolio. So when I first got my design job, um, but then again, naturally the, the job that I went into isn't glamorous for a designer who wanted to do things that I did. Um, so anybody who's listening to this and wants to be in a, in a role that I'm in now, mm. um, I still wanted to do those things back then. But naturally I wasn't, I, you want to be confident, but you want to be realistic as well. So back then I was thinking, on the basis of what I've got behind me at the moment, there's not too much. Um, so like you say, you flip it as a positive instead of thinking of, Oh, I don't have this, what have I got? And it's the attitude. It's the, it's the willingness. And, and I think that's the, the biggest thing It's the flipping the negatives or whatever into a positive. Cause at the end of the day, it only takes an hour or hour and a half interview to sell yourself. So you could be worrying about it the whole time driving to the interview. Oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. But then if you go in with the, charisma and the the character that you that you carry yourself in this way and that way and um i think that's the most important thing so for me personally speaking from experience from my first job um in terms of skills it was like i can learn um and you're looking for a, somebody in a role that is willing to learn because you're taking on an apprentice that's the whole that's the whole point behind an apprenticeship so for me it was it pretty much 95 percent attitude um and it, I think it obviously naturally depends on the workplace too. Um, like you say, you, you've worked in many, like with many people and, and a few different agencies and things like that. The style becomes apparent in an interview and how they work and some of the things they say, you can start to understand how they work on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, then you, you go into a, an interview and they ask you the questions they're asking, maybe about your attitude or what you've experienced in the past. So one of the questions when I was an apprentice, when I had my interview was, um, what experience have you had in the past about um time pressure and experience and deadlines there was no graphic design related answers from me because i'd never done it mm. but then they're like well you clearly so the examples i gave they're like well you clearly have experience in that 
um, but it's just interpreting it and, and applying it to a different situation. So for me, speaking from my personal experience, 95 to 100% attitude for the first job until you build that foundation. Um, I think you're right, you know. Yeah, I think, so, I think it is. Um, and you can also show, you can show the attitude through, through your design work as well. So my first uh, sort of design, design internship, I showed the willingness and attitude through um, through knocking on their door and and showing that yeah. I like design and sh- through showing them my portfolio from college. Yeah. So I went to went to uh, college and, and had a, a body of work from that. So okay, I showed them that. But it's the, it's the attitude of knocking on the door and and showing up to them and um, proactivity. So yeah, yeah, yeah being being proactive. Um, but I, agree, I, I think it's for me it's at least sixty percent for the first job. At least like, it's yeah. probably more like more like like. 70 80 like you say yeah and um, it kind of depends on your own situation but i from what we've just spoken about i also feel like if they both become a factor i think people look at the attitude first so if you don't have that attitude when you get in the door they're not even going to see the design bits if your design bits are great and you're slightly different to me in the sense of you have a body of work like yourself so you've been to college you've been schooled you've been educated in that sense and you've got a body of work um you might not ever get onto that bit they might not ever see through it because they might say, oh, so what work have you got? And they look at it and you come out of the interview, for example, or whatever, and they might go back to their team and say, but his attitude's not right or her attitude's yeah. not right. So straight away, there's a there's a block there right away where there, there's a whole reason why people ask for references from previous jobs because they don't, they're not asking the previous job whether you can design. They're yeah. asking, they're asking whether you turn up, whether you, whether you put in the extra work, whether you are good and, you offer support to other people so like when you think about it that way although design is massively a factor i was lucky to get into a, a position where they were really looking for someone to learn um but if they're looking for somebody to take on design responsibilities you might never get to that um well this is part. the first job as well so they are going to be looking more for the person that fits in the team the person that's willing to learn so i reckon uh yeah if, you, if you're if you're listening to this and you're at that stage be open be like a sponge so you said that earlier on be a sponge and that's such a such an important thing <laughs> yeah i can't stress it enough really yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good point actually so if you yeah so in that position if you're looking for your first job they're going to expect you they're not expecting you to be polished as well so mm. that i think that's a, that's a very good point you just touched on there as well a lot of the worrying that i had initially was that i can't fulfill fulfill the the role in terms of design because that's what they need but the whole point they wanted somebody was to assist a senior designer um and learn from him and be molded by him so then you can both take on share the workload essentially but you'll always have the don't want to call it a safety net but if there's something that you're struggling with or there's an issue with your work like the way you've exported it for example whatever and it, when you go to print it it's wrong yeah. the senior designer will take it on and it's on his head because you're just supporting and he's trusted you with that there's not actually that much pressure there's not as pressure as you as much pressure as you think as long as you work hard and you share the willingness if you're if you're kind of got a poor attitude and then you're messing up they will then start to they'll blame it on the poor attitude not the fact that you don't have the skills um yeah. so it, everything stems from the the attitude i think i think you're right i don't think you should worry less about the about the um the skills and the design part of it if you're looking for your first job i mean it's more about the attitude it'll get you in the door absolutely uh, how do you deal with your first nine to five job that's a big one good question it hits you like a steam train that's what yeah. i found um just completely different we've had this conversation already but um yeah for me it's just like you try and you try and live your normal life around it don't you it's like i still don't want i don't want to compromise anything for this job 
I still want to I still want to go to the gym. I still want to play football. I still want to do all these things that I was doing in my spare time. Um, sometimes it's doable, but sometimes there needs to be more balance, in my opinion. But you don't kind of figure it out until you find your routine and what you like and what you don't like. So I've tried to go to the gym before work. I've had to go to the gym after work. And at the moment, I'm lucky enough to have a gym at work. So we go to the gym at lunch. And a lot of the people that I'm with, again, about my environment, go to the gym. There's there's a group in my in my office up to 10 people maybe we'll, we'll go into the gym for an hour and we'll do circuits together nice. and things like that um so for me it's finding that rhythm of life where although i only get an hour when i want an hour and a half to two hours in the gym i get my evenings back mm-hmm. so it's like a that's a that's like a mini compromise because i don't miss the gym because i get it done i'm pushed by people around me and then i get my evening back whereas before in my previous job it was an eight till five shift so i'd be working eight till five um with the plus a commute and then I come home and then I'd have to travel to the gym. Um, and then by the time I come back from the gym, it's eating and then there's no time left. Um, so it's just little things like that. But um, I don't know how you're finding it. How how you find that? I'll ask you that question. How are you finding it at the moment? <laughs> well, with the commute as well, if, you, if you've got a commute to your journey, to your, to your work, then that's, you know, it takes off three hours of your day, um, mm. four hours sometimes. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it's really difficult to be honest, uh, dealing with, dealing with that, um, like it's a good it's a good bit of advice though. It's just try try things out. Try try finding a gym nearer to work or try doing things inside. So I live, I work in London, so it's obviously there's loads mm-hmm. of opportunity, but it's quite expensive to, to to go to the gym and stuff in London. But how um, long do you commute out of out of interest? How long is yeah, commute? It's a, it's an hour and a half. So it is three hours out of the day there and back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, which is difficult when you think about because I, I watched a video, you've probably seen it, of Casey Neistat, have you seen it, where he uses, like, the the dominoes to, like, yeah. show his breakdown of his, like, hourly stuff. And he has that theory of where you replace exercise to, if you supplement exercise with sleep, it, you just feel better. So if you, like, wake up two hours earlier, but then use those to exercise, you actually feel better. Like, that's his theory. He's like, he's like oh, it's never been proven, but that's my theory type thing. Um, but, yeah, so he... I, shout out to my my work colleagues they showed me that by the way but um yeah they so he was saying things like that where he's never he's never compromised because he sees it's a positive and that's just his attitude like for me personally i've said this to you before as well like sleep is my basis of productivity so i'll go to the gym and work and do all those things if i sleep to to what i think is an optimum like how i feel if i lack if i have lack of sleep my then my routine starts to slack a little bit because i don't my output's not as good in the day Um, yeah so then immediately even though i didn't want it to be the case i kind of look back and i thought sleep is my priority there because as soon as that goes out the window then i can't i can't do all these things um i don't know what you think because we had a funny you mentioned something funny about caffeine as well (laughs) first thing first things i get to work drink coffee it's just like without it game over i can't output slows ridiculously well that's the so. thing uh it, it could, yeah obviously caffeine's a huge help in uh in that <laughs> but, um there's still there's still so much research behind sleep and it's you need we need we all need sleep so like seven hours minimum um yeah and it's hard to do sometimes especially when you've got you know, extra work on you've got projects outside of your your, your actual job um you've got freelance work going on as well it's, it's so hard to, to get all of it done um <laughs> Uh, and sometimes <laughs> and, and spending three hours commute i mean you can try and fall asleep on a train but it's not very comfortable no uh, so yeah, yeah. uh it, it's difficult and i think i think people just learn to deal with it in a strange bad answer way um you just sort of mm. the, the important thing for me is not to drop 
the physical activity as well so as long as i'm yeah. doing some physical activity as long as i'm having enough sleep and doing the work the main job then yeah you know i can start to drop freelance projects because i'm still getting an income i can start to um not go to certain i don't know, I don't know for example parties or something i don't know uh, yeah, yeah. or, or sort of extra activities that i don't need to be doing as long as i'm getting the other stuff uh right. i can do it as long as i'm getting the other stuff but i think it's I, good to have the priority sorry yeah that's what i mean sorry i didn't want to cut you off there but yeah that i completely agree in the sense of with my new job making me realize what i actually enjoy as a day job i commute longer to this job than my previous job how long is your commute uh, so uh, with traffic in 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 the week it'll be i could get there in about half hour but it takes about 40 minutes which okay. isn't too bad one way one way so yeah it's not too bad um, and it's still in this area so it's in Cambridgeshire still so I don't have to use public transport or anything I drive um, so that's fine but my Safe from the coronavirus it's all good <laughs> yeah I mean yeah exactly I can I can hide it's all good um, yeah so um, rather than I, I go I travel a bit longer but like you say I enjoy the work first of all um, my my hourly day is cut my, my shift in the day is cut by half an hour because half eight till five oh, well, it's cut by an hour technically because I have a longer lunch break as well. Mm. So things like that, where now I've got the opportunity to have an hour's lunch, um, I then supplement that with going to the gym. Whereas before, I'd be, really, I have more hours in my day now. So like you say, I think one, one the, the whole point I'm making here is that you said people learn to deal with it. It's like, as soon as I took the job, they're like, right, the hours are half eight to five. It's like, oh, that's good. And then I looked and I was like, oh, shit, it's so far away. Uh, like compared to my old job so I was like but so I don't get that time back because like, I thought instantly I was like oh half eight that's half an hour longer but now I've got commute for an extra half hour whatever it is so I thought oh I don't actually get that time but then I realized that now I've learned to deal with it and manipulate the time that I do have so again that goes back to positives on your CV of what you do have rather than what you don't have so I've looked at the time that where I, you have that positive outlook of I have that hour spare or like in my commute what can I do while driving like yeah. so for example I, I call people i do i conversate with people where when i'm at work and i'm not on my phone i can't do so it's like it's like you say you get into your groove and now i've realized this job is actually what i want this is this isn't a um, hindrance to me it's it's just it's all positive things and you just take the positivity with you and i think that's i think that's the most important thing just just taking taking that positivity rather than rather than looking at the negatives of it yeah and, and maximizing that commute time is, is important so uh, podcasts, reading books, uh, sleeping if you have to, if you if you don't can't, yes. or, or sometimes I'm reading books and I sort of start falling asleep, and that, that sort of like, that's a good note to fall asleep. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's just just maximising the time we have is is important. Yeah, and I think lunch times as well. I've been having lunch with the team upstairs and in the office most mm -hmm. of the time, and you've got sort of half an hour left. Why don't why not use that to, to promote the podcast or get on social media, get into conversations with people, and definitely, and, and then yeah, it's important. Right when you'd be doing that, for example, maybe after work. So then you send that time that you spent kind of doing podcast bits or doing your, your kind of bits on the side, then you free up that half an hour or accumulative 45 minutes, an hour, or whatever it is in the evening, yeah. so then train for the, for boxing night or train for like go to the gym. And it gives you that, it gives you that bracket of kind of freedom. Like again, it's like a safety net. It's like, I always say this to people around me. I, I say, if I have something to do on a Saturday, I get up early and do it because then I have the rest of the day knowing it's done rather than spending all my time doing things that I want to do rather than I need to do in the morning. And then it's like, oh God, 
like I, I need to go and do that now that was my priority for today but I've left it for so long um good attitude yeah like yeah like it's just like I don't know it's, it's difficult because it's again I don't want to put on this facade and say like oh I'm great I, I do <laughs> like some days I wake up and I don't want to do it like that's just the way it is like and I don't some days I don't do it but then I then kick myself in the evening because I haven't so then, then I wake up the next day I'm like right there isn't gonna happen again I can't do that again yeah like it's horrible but then I think that's all about finding your groove because then once you do it enough times it becomes your routine mm-hmm. so like again I never liked training at lunch because my productivity like in the gym sorry go to the gym yep. alone because my productivity decreases in the afternoon because I've given so much physical output you feel drained or whatever you go back upstairs and you still got how many hours of the day left to work um the deadlines and whatever it is um but then I went a couple of times and then I realized all the guys upstairs with me they do the same thing they're all working they must have got used to it and it's just like believing that you can manipulate your time and you get used to it eventually and like you said with the, with the coffee thing it's like maybe that does get you through but it's like maybe unless you really need one don't have one and then eventually although it'll be hard for the first week or two then maybe you'll start getting into your rhythm like drink water instead or do, do you know what I mean just do something different um and and test yourself and see really what, what you're capable of doing absolutely yeah and that's the that's, that's thing isn't it it's like your first job will be a big test of your character and yes, how you can stick out something and how you can be patient with something and new challenges and it will throw a lot of challenges at you so yeah get stuck in yeah. for people that are listening <laughs> yeah, yeah relish it don't don't be negative about those things there might be times where you're asked to stay a bit longer you have to work through your lunch but like it builds you to to the future it, it, it does like it sounds very philosophical but i honestly the things i've done in my past where I've, at the time in there and now i've really not enjoyed like made me realize why i did it um and you don't realize until now but you just got to trust that trust that's going to happen i think in my that's how i see it though anyway yeah, so, I agree. It's been good. This has been a really good conversation. I think we covered um, most of the things I wanted to talk about. What about you? Anything else you want to chat about? No, that's fantastic. I mean, thank you for having me. Firstly, been been great and like so it's always nice. We always cover a lot of a lot of good good topics. So yeah, thank you. Ah, cool. Yeah, hopefully that's been useful to people listening as well for the first uh, first job or or young designers listening worried about getting the first job or coming out of college or university. Um, hopefully that's given you a little bit of advice maybe um yeah yes yeah, there was there was tons in there so all right last couple of questions i need to ask you because it's oh, no. a big part I, of the podcast i hope you won't do this okay okay <laughs> this is the point where i'm going to remember them as well because i haven't done a podcast for ages uh, <laughs> so uh what is your best purchase under 100 pounds uh, i literally thought about this i thought nah we're not gonna do this <laughs> um <laughs> That is a very, very good question. Um, I'd say a wireless um, Mac mouse, Apple Apple mouse, because believe it or not, back in the day, I was trying to do all my design work on a laptop with, with the uh, correct keyboard. So yeah, it would definitely be a wireless mouse. Nice. Yeah. Wicked. I mean, yeah, that's that's off the top of my head. I'm sure I could have given a much better answer there, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Other that's than that, football related tickets or something like that. But and yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Yeah. Wait, so you you were doing all your clicking and designing off of a trackpad? Yeah, a lot of it was wow. like when I when I was doing like personal bits and bobs. A lot of it was print work. So it was like going on InDesign and just making sure things are aligned and doing basic stuff. So it wasn't too like it wasn't too challenging in the sense of trying to use trying to use a mask and that and then obviously when I started to get into 
more kind of composites and you know things like that for my personal work and things I actually enjoyed doing um yeah that's when I was like I can't do this anymore <laughs> I actually need I actually need proper kit and then I used to see people as well where they'd have like Wacoms and stuff and I was like looking looking at them doing tutorials and I just thought they're not even touching <laughs> their keyboard at the moment I was like this can't go on this can't run anymore so I need I need to get one so yeah I just grabbed one but yeah that was that was crazy but again like I never opened Photoshop at the time and it, it was right at the start um yeah and then I've still got that one now so like I don't have a Wacom I don't I don't have a screen so I just use this laptop that I'm calling on now and have a thing as well whereas at work you have like two screens and things and yeah so that yeah i'm still back in back in the traditional ways of doing stuff <laughs> yeah so hey yeah, work you get privileged you get, you get two screens and you get, yeah get all the kit but yeah here's uh i mean like i was lucky enough to buy myself work on and that's been a life changer but not having a mouse i couldn't deal about i couldn't deal with yeah, just using track design <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know any i didn't know anything different and just it's insane now like it's just like the capabilities and like i'm sure if i ever get a hold of a whack it'd be crazy but obviously i haven't doubled an illustration or anything like that um so hopefully that's something for the future for me but yeah yeah nice one cool. uh what, what drives you and we talked a lot about this before uh in, in the show um but what drives you and what keeps you ticking good question i was asked that in my interview ah. one answer i gave um, <laughs> um it's the it's not anymore, but when I was growing up, it was the fear of failure. Um, I'd do things just to, maybe if it was other people, for example, like please other people, or because I was worried about how I'd feel if it didn't go the way I wanted it to. So I had like tried as hard as I could to make the situation that I wanted, um, for example. Um, but now it's like you say, it's just the enjoyment of doing something and like um, of being grateful. So for example, the position I'm in now, it's what gets me up every day. Cause it's like, I remember what I was doing before um, it's not it's not what I want and it's not what I wanted before and now this is if you know what I mean and it, you just can't ever take it for granted I think um people around me like I told you from where it's where it stems from um the people around me drive me the people like my friends and family um very much in particular they they are um a big reason as to why I do what I do um but yeah it's, it's just mainly it's mainly being grateful for what I've what I've got now um you don't ever want to take it for granted so that's what that's what kind of drives me just to fulfill that carry it on like has anybody ever asked you that question sure. uh yeah probably yeah because you can say plenty of things you know but then but then you want to get the kind of important things don't you it's just like what really is it because yeah. you don't have a long think it's yeah quite, no, I think I think you've you've got it quite good there with the with your answer. Um, yeah, I think it's just wanting to be. I don't know I just wanted to keep getting better. Just wanting to get to the next level. Yeah, I think. that's a good uh, one. I'm doing sort of, doing sort of whatever I have to do to get there, and now it feels like I'm on the right path now. So it, yeah. it, everything it's until now was sort of like a struggle, and now I feel like I'm going to be on like a, a nice increasing slope. Nice. rather than a rocky sort of stage good um, that's good it's good to hear it's good yeah and the, when you feel like that things tend to go that way don't you, if you that's what it feels like anyway so it might not yeah. i might I'll come back in a couple of years and <laughs> well, oh, i'll be wrong <laughs> back yourself just go with it back yourself that's gonna be fine you're gonna be fine it's all good <laughs> yeah so that's that's what it is yeah it's just getting to the next stage um nice and just seeing where we can get i think i think because you can keep you can keep doing that can't you, you can see keep saying all right what's next oh 100 
Like you don't, if you keep keep saying it and don't think don't think of anything as a goal, because mm. there's a lot of people that you know saying, "All right, I want to work at a Premier League football club." That is the goal, and but now I'm That's there. I'm like, like, what now? Okay. Yeah. What do now? Agree with you. Definitely that was uh, yeah, that was my goal, and uh, yeah, you're like, okay, I'm here. So what do I do? <laughs> yeah, and what you next? don't realise till that point where that was maybe not as long term a goal as you thought. Because sometimes that that's the same with me. Like with the sport, with the sporting thing. Like I was there. I really want to be in the sporting industry. Like we like I'm. I'll be the first one to admit I'm not a goal for either. Like there's people I who I work with who are county champions and beyond, like regional champions and things like that. So they're they're really talented and obviously they love what they do because they're passionate about golf. Mm. Whereas like I'm passionate about sport in general and can appreciate, but I, I can't play golf and things like that. So maybe there's something in that for me where growing up, everything was football and um, things like that. I love boxing and things like that. So maybe that is something that takes me into the far future. But then back when I was doing my first job, that's, that's something that people could take away from this. They might think that something is so far away. So it might take what we've said as in, I have to have three jobs I don't like to then earn, earn the fact that I can, for example, to, to get there. That's not the case. Things don't, things don't ever work out how you, how you think. But if you keep going in that direction, then, then something will happen because I thought it was a long-term thing for me. Um, but luckily I found myself kind of lucky enough to be in this position now. So yeah, exactly. yeah. Don't, don't ever think a goal is long-term don't, or, or short-term. <laughs> if you don't reach it when you think it's a short-term goal, don't be worried either. Just keep going in that same direction. Like you say, when you're on that steady ascendancy, Things are going good, and you just keep keep pushing that way, yeah. Nice, yeah. We've got a good attitude. I love, I love our attitudes, and especially like, talking to someone with a similar attitude and wanting to keep going and keep working at something is, is so, so important. It's so fun to do. Um, so Spurs, you won. Uh, not Spurs, not Tottenham, but Spurs. You won. <laughs> not Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what's next? What's the next question? You probably know more than me. Uh, how do I? Yeah. One, I've got one of them. But I don't want you to ask me it. So, what was it? I genuinely um, don't know this question. I don't know. There's, there's a few. I was listening to Mister Being Friends podcast. Mm. Um, you asked them how they wanted to be remembered. Yeah, I was going to ask that one last. Yeah. So that's the last one. Is there one before that? I, I, you know what? I think you asked most. Yeah. What? How do I not remember what it is? <laughs> you ask everybody. <laughs> um, it's a hundred under a hundred pound. Is the yeah. first one. Um. How do you want people? How do you want to be remembered? Is one of them. They're the two that I hear most often. Yeah, they're the ones I do. Yeah, I remember that one, but I swear there's another one. Anyway, we'll go with that one. How do you want to be remembered? Um, it's very uh, ironic, and I don't want to seem like I've linked everything together. But the fact that we've spoken about it so much is like the design's only like a fraction of it. Like I'd much rather be like the first impression thing, and like whoever comes in contact with me or I come in contact with, um, especially because with our attitudes and things like that, we always want to feel like we can gain something from speaking to somebody. It's just somebody, just an engaging person, just somebody who, if they're in the room, wants to, wants to speak to you and wants to kind of be, you know, just be the people person. And just, mm. that's, that's what I remember by just, just like people know who I am because it's like, Oh yeah, I had a chat with him. It's like, just be, be engaging, be sub, be substantial rather than just kind of, like just being in the background and you know just just kind of coasting through like I want to just that that's the biggest thing for me um definitely I mean I think I I truly believe if I have that the right attitude that we've been speaking about that everything else will take care of itself I just think the surface stuff is just important to me and then it, it makes it a lot like it makes everything a lot more clear 
so that that that's it for me just being an engaging person if we ever come come across each other if you know what i mean so nice nice i love it and you, well, you are you are as well so okay. you're doing it um cool. where can people find you and, and check out your work and, and say hello to you oh god so um it's pronounced peace but my surname's spelled p-i-e-s-s-e and it's peace design all on word on instagram um I don't do too much on Twitter, but I retweet a lot of good content <laughs> of other people. So it's just Sam Peace there. Um, but yeah, um, if you follow me, obviously just drop me a message or anything like that and I'll be happy to respond and talk about anything in this podcast as well. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me on. I do appreciate it. Hey, no worries. It's been good. It's been great to get to know you as well. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm traveling down to, to London for, for that, that first design event as well. Was, yeah. That's amazing that you did that. That's, that's a bit of a commute for me. And like although my friends are all game and want to want to support me and stuff um they're not massively interested in designs to my dad yeah. <laughs> and my dad was sitting in the crowd with a load of other guys and uh, guys and girls and stuff and yeah so that's i did want to come and i wanted to experience it and yeah it's cool really enjoyed it okay i appreciate you coming down for that that's a big trek so, like, we had quite a few people coming from like random places so it was, yeah. it was amazing it was amazing um We'll see what Wait happens now. this year. I'm not sure. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. If there is, I'll be there. Don't worry. I'll come. <laughs> nice one. All right. Thank you very much for doing this. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Full Podcast. Today's show was an awesome one. Sam's a great guy, uh, and it's amazing to chat to someone with a similar work ethic and similar mentality towards their first job. And being on the same sort of age as well um, has really helped uh, me chatting with him and uh, vice versa. And it's, it's good to chat with similar people. So that's something I encourage at the end of the show as well. Chat with people that are around you and trying to get to the same place and, and spur each other on. We mentioned that throughout the episode anyway. But yeah, uh, let's check him out on social media. Go and say hello to him and everything like that. Uh, subscribe to YouTube. Subscribe to the, the podcast everywhere you can please do leave a review on itunes if you, you're listening to it that really does help the podcast um, again just thank you very much for listening it's, it's an ongoing journey this podcast um, i hope you've enjoyed it. i hope you're learning alongside me uh, and yeah see you next week for another episode of the creative one thought podcast